My name is Michelle G. It's such an honor to be here today. I am the CEO of Expectant Media, a newly formed black female-owned media company. Let's go, because I'm on season eight of A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine. I'm ready. Yes, let's go. And I am super excited to have the Bay Area's finest in the building. So we are going to dive into her amazing background. When you think about individuals that not only has been a pioneer within the industry of marketing, advertising, comms, as well as PR, it's her, it's hard to not mention Michelle's name. When in and out of the room, she's mentoring individuals all around the world with the emphasis on really not only pushing black business forward, but also equity when it comes to making sure that there is revenue and business results that she's driving, including making sure that she has been at the top of innovation. She's helped as well as worked and led companies and brands such as being the CEO of Ebony and Jet, where she helped revive the iconic brand, Allen Media Group, The Weather Channel, CNN, A&E, The History Channel, and iconic brands, just to name a few. So we're definitely gonna dive into that. Now, one thing about Michelle is just as much as she is dynamic in the boardroom, she's also dynamic when it comes to her family. It's hard to miss the passion that she has for her children, as well as her family, putting them at the forefront of everything that she is doing and also her purpose. She has received numerous awards. And as we dive into this season, season eight of A Dose of Black Joy, Partnering with Ad Color, she has been a huge advocate of Ad Color, seeing it from the ground up. So, with that being said, Michelle, welcome to A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine. Hey, 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 hey. How you doing, Justin? It's so good to be here. Thank you for this opportunity to share a little bit of the joy that I have for this business and the people that are helping to build, elevate, and amplify this amazing media space. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you know, when we talk about joy, I think that there's so much joy um, that not only surrounds you, but also with so many of the things that you're doing. Um, and even most recently, um, I know that there was something very, very excited that happened a couple of weeks ago. Can you kind of touch on that for the audience before we dive into the conversation? A couple of weeks ago, what happened, Justin? I had a whole bunch of good things happening. <laughs> yes. Well, there was a big deal that that took place i don't want to give too much away but there was um a huge deal yes, that you yes, and your yes, company yes. and your team did so yeah yes. let's speak okay. a little bit to that oh you just gonna have me just air all of my business huh well let me, <laughs> let me let me start by saying this though and i want everyone to hear this if they only catch the first four minutes of this that Michelle G has joy because she wakes up every day and makes that decision to be happy, to understand that her blessings flow from above. And it is, I wake up every day and honor that. I give thanks to that. So I want everyone to understand that joy is not given. It has to be taken. And I want want to take their small dose uh, of joy. So yes, you know, we launched a company called Expectant Media. So this is what has happened. I worked 30 years in the media industry and I helped some amazing brands make a whole lot of money. And I looked at our community and we're not given the amount of money that we're worth. So I wanted to start a business that actually helped creators. I'm focusing on black female creators in 2024, a couple others sprinkled in because listen, men deserve the love too, right? Uh, and what I want to do is I want to take uh, my understanding of the business, my relationships and bring those to black creators so they can monetize their brand. And when they're done, that they can be financially fiscal and ready 
to grow their business. Uh, Justin, 90% of black owned businesses have one employee. And so that's not acceptable, right? Because then if you think about it, even through the whole, you know, um, COVID situation, nobody could get loans because you needed two. So there is so much learning. So I started this business, I'm excited. And our first piece of business, we trans transacted a multi-million dollar deal um, for a black creator uh, who has a relationship with the NFL, Super Bowl wow. celebration. Melanie Few is amazing. I love her. She is my sister and she is worthy of the love that she gets and the, and the support of the marketplace. So we're really excited about transacting that deal. And we have some really good things coming down the pike and people trusting us with their business to monetize it. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you bring that up. And first and foremost, huge congratulations for our listeners at home. We'll include more information in the notes section. But, you know, I think that this is definitely the true makeup of the leader and individual that you are. I mentioned that for this season, we are partnering with Ad Color. Um, and so, you know, to that standpoint, what was your first introduction to Ad Color? I guess hearing about it, seeing the name, do you remember that distinct moment where you said, okay, let me see what's going on over here? <laughs> well, well, first of all, you know, I moved to New York in 2000 and I didn't know a lot of people. Uh, and then I met this woman by the name of Nicole Hall and Daphne Leroy. I met two people, Nicole Hall and Daphne Leroy. And um, that's for another time uh, and another day. But yes. there's a story. Uh, but but shout, out, shout out, shout out to Coco, by the way. <laughs> so Coco is one of my very best friends. And I met Tiffany R. Warren. And there is no way that you can meet Tiffany R. Warren and not remember um, who she is. And then when I tell you that she literally changed the face of the marketplace. Um, and I, I am a testament to what ad color has done. So in 2011, I received a change agent award. I had accomplished so much, but the marketplace still deemed me invisible. What Tiffany R. Warren did, she removed the blinders from the marketplace so they could really see Michelle G. And it gave me this fuel. I wrote books after that. I demanded to be, you know, to be given what I was worth. I used my creativity to create BET Her and CNN Advantage. And so, but ad color really was, and Tiffany's vision, the catalyst for that. So I sit on the board. I help on the development team. It's an honor for me to help them grow and figure out what's next. But Tiff is a Tiff is a force, and um, yeah, you know I'm from Oakland. No, can't nobody say nothing bad about Tiffany R. Warren to me because I'm gonna pull out the Vaseline and put it on my face. <laughs> the scrap of these streets <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely and you know i think i think uh you know yes you're, you're definitely going to speak people's names in the rooms and, and go to bat for them and you know that's the absolutely. that's the beauty of you know who you are for sure um so you know at the beginning of the show we you talked about black joy and that's the name of this podcast i always say that the guests that come on the show michelle you all are the joy and well I'm the caffeine because if you met me, you know, I'm a little extra at times. You got to know yourself. But to that point, if you had to give our audience a dose of anything that you think our audience is currently lacking, not joy, because you've already brought that. But when you think about marketing, advertising, PR, and this podcast being black professionals, what do you feel like our audience needs a dose of that we're currently lacking within the industry? Well, it's not only in the industry, it's in life, right? Because what happens is we go through school and we get into the business and then we're, you know, we're working head down and it's not the hardest worker that wins the race. It's the smartest worker. And so what I've learned is to understand who Michelle G is at the time was Thornton, but Michelle G is, 
and I was able to articulate who I am, what I'm passionate about. So I had my own brand messaging that I could tell somebody in an instant. Oftentimes I meet young people. I'm like, who are you? And they're like, oh, they give their title. I didn't ask you what you did. I said, who are you? And so mm -hmm. I would say that everybody should take a moment to understand who they are, what they have to offer, what value proposition they bring to the world, what unique assignment did God give to them and what is their purpose? And if they can figure that out, and it's not an easy task, Justin, but if they can figure that out, they move differently. They show up differently. They walk with a little confidence. Their joy and their light shows up differently. So that is the number one thing. And I say that because I stand in many rooms and I've wrote uh, you know, a few books that talk about that and they still can't articulate who they are. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I know if anyone knows you, not only do we know you as Michelle, but we also know you as Strategic. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the one to definitely make sure that you're strategic through everything that you're doing. Um, what is your approach to, to strategy and culture? Because I think that that has been the secret sauce, Michelle, of what you've done. You mentioned BET Her, and I think that it, it, it's only unique to you. So we know it cannot be duplicated or, you know, by any means, even if somebody tried, but, you know, as you sit back and look at your career and how you've been able just to kind of take this, this uh, merge of culture as well as strategy, bring it together to produce these amazing ideas, concepts, and, and um, you know, programs that still exist today. What is the secret sauce behind that? It's really understanding and believing that this community is valuable, right? Our eyeballs are valuable. Our brand positioning is valuable. What we say as influencers are valuable. And so if something is valuable, what should happen? It should be invested in, it should be monetized and it should be paid. I'm literally the bridge to remind a really powerful community that we don't come for free. That, yeah. that our ideas, our IP, our value propositions are not for free. And so how are they brands going to show up to make sure that we're not just being talked to, to buy their product, but invested in to help grow businesses. Theirs are our own. So literally I understand my value proposition very clearly now. And it's to bridge that gap between the money that's moving in the marketplace, trying to market through commercials and social media to an audience that deserves more than just to be talked to. And so I'm here to bridge that conversation and, and construct that deal. Yeah, beautifully said. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, you know, before we actually go on any further, um, for people that want to speak to you about that personally and or learn more about it, what's the best way that our audience and listeners could get in contact with you? Uh, so I say this that you know I check my DMs when my daughter's home from college. Okay. Yeah. Like, you got so many DMs. I was like, I do. I was like, where they at? So yeah. LinkedIn is the best place because I do respond. Sorry if somebody says I, I didn't respond, but but I attempt to go to LinkedIn every day and I look at all of the messages that I have there. I respond to the ones that I feel um, are creative uh, and that um, have shown me that it's not just about them, but they understand who I am too. So LinkedIn is the place, be creative. If you want me to do something for you, you know, I always say, do something for me first or give me something or an article or let me know that you see me and I'm yeah. more willing to respond. 
Awesome. Absolutely. And I will throw out this disclaimer and Michelle, we will go to bat for you in the DMs or comments or anything of that nature. But all the guests that come on a dose of black joint caffeine, they're doing this out of their own heart and their own time and their love for you all. So please, if you don't hear from someone, you just meant they are busy, you know? And, so you know what? and it's Justin. Also, can you put this in the notes? My email on LinkedIn is strategic at gmail.com. So people, okay. you know, I get emails, but I can't respond because that's not the email that because you because I'm in an influencer on LinkedIn. You need my email to even send me a message. Strategic okay. at gmail.com. S-T-R-A-T-E-C-H-I-C at gmail.com. Absolutely. Yes, we can 100 percent do that along with website and additional information. So there you go. Um, now, you know, we have one question, um, Michelle, I don't know how often you listen to the show, but we asked this question to every guest on the show because we actually like to use this question as a reminder to our audience to take those unlimited PTO days or take those out of office days. What was the last great vacation that you went on? Ooh, you know what? So, so can I just put that into perspective? Uh -oh. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. No, because like for me, a vacation really is like going to a basketball tournament and supporting my son. Like that brings me so much joy to be able to support him. We were in Florida for a week as a family. Um, you know, for me to go up and, you know, my daughter's a freshman at Harvard University. She was home for 30 days and we just had good family time. So I don't have to go to an island to, you know, or someplace to make me feel, you know, uh, whatever, but yeah. let me think about, so let me answer. Where's it? And, and I love the marketing, the line can line and, and can, I just had to say that because I have a good time here. Um, and, and I'm heading to leading women Define, which is an amazing platform that Deborah Lee uh, puts on. So I think the great last vacation we had, it sounds kind of corny, but talking about cutting it off, Michelle, that, that's what we, we, we talking about last just time you, yeah. Just cut it all. Um, hmm. I think we took a family vacation to Phoenix, which doesn't sound, but it was it was actually pretty cool because we went mountain hiking and I got a chance to see my mom and brother, and we just had good family. Uh -huh. Brother was amazing, so uh, that was that was really really good. I love that. Then yeah, we'll take that in. We'll take that yeah. in. But like you said, yeah. we we uh, we like to ask that question because I even say even if it's in your backyard, you have the days. Yeah. Put in the days and just go somewhere. You know what I'm saying? That's all that now, I'm saying. Now I gotta send the request to myself though. Since no. I'm my own boss. Oh, there's that. Oh there no. Well, listen, and family, friends, please don't contact me if you don't see Michelle for a few days. Be like, where did she go? She got exactly. out of there. Exactly. Now, you know, you have been, you know, uh, sitting and also doing outstanding things in the C-suite role and also holding a C-suite position for so long. I always say that this podcast ranges from individuals that are junior level to mid-level to senior level trying to jump into the C-suite. But sometimes and quite often what a lot of senior level individuals realize is that there's a level of mentorship or guidance that a lot of people are missing when it comes to jumping into the C-suite. Um, interview season is at an all-time high only because of not only layoffs, but also this is the beginning of the year. And for senior level individuals that are listening to the podcast right now that maybe have a desire to reach the director or head or C-suite 
uh, role, what advice would you give to them about interviewing and positioning themselves a little differently to obtain that role um, at this stage of their career? Yeah, you know, I just had my um, board director senior level resume done professionally. And it was such an eye-opening experience. What I did is I took all of my experience and I dumped it down right into this pot of information. And what this woman did is she took the information and she aligned it in a really high level format. Like Michelle is strategic. She builds brands. She, you know, generates money. She's can drill. So, and I didn't think about myself like that. So I would say if you're at a certain level, sometimes you need someone else to look at your history and mm and form it in a way where you can tell the story seamlessly about the high level things you've done and the outcomes they've produced and the people that are willing to vouch for that journey. So if mm -hmm. you can do that, and I, and I don't, I couldn't do it by myself because I just had a resume. She built a story for me. And so I think that if you're at that level, you need a story built for you and yourself that you can tell seamlessly that has tangible outcomes and people along the journey that will say, yes, I, I think that she's good at that. Yeah, absolutely. Beautifully said. I appreciate that. And, you know, I think what you ultimately just kind of mentioned is storytelling. So that, that's, that's really what you want to do and also focus on. We are in the year of 2024. I'm calling this a big year. I don't know why. Maybe because 2025 is like right around the corner to me. That's just that's just that's just me in my mind. It's not literally here. So, you know, but I'm like, OK, we're here. Um, but when you think about industry trends or different things that you have been like, oh, we better keep our eye kind of close to this or things that are popping up. Obviously, AI is a huge conversation. Is there anything at the moment that you currently have your eye on and or that you're kind of like, Hmm. I think I should, I think I should probably look more into this. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of, listen, I'm in the media space. I'm really clear about what I do and that's to negotiate and, and talk about partnerships, whether that's on TV, syndication, digital, which I, you know, include social, right? So if that's the case and television, you're watching your kids not watch television, like no disrespect, but they're on screens and they're in a demand type of content situation. So I'm really watching streaming. I'm watching digital programmatic, meaning that now there are companies that can take brands, let's say P&G or Coke or Pepsi or whomever, and they can they can now put a request through a piece of software to demand the, the inventory and the audiences they want and track those. So I'm looking at the programmatic marketplace and how things are done digitally in the digital marketplace and how that's growing. So those things for me are indicators that the marketplace is changing about how money's going to be spent to reach audiences now that are changing their consumer habits. And I think everybody needs to also because it's just a changing game and you can see you can see at um, even in the news, you know, that Paramount is now focused on streaming and Disney Plus has done these things to do this and Peacock and, and Hulu and Netflix is now going to an ad supported marketplace. So all of that is really important uh, because it's such a big industry. So I'm watching all those those triggers uh, uh, really, really closely about how I'm going to grow uh, expected media. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, we'll. We'll take that. I know. I know. With a lot of those, uh, 
<laughs> with a lot of those platforms you mentioned, I'm just watching my bill to make sure it's not going up <laughs> the next month. <laughs> that too, because you probably you probably subscribe to more things that you even know or watch. You know what I'm saying? Everything, every last one. But yeah, I think that that's really great just to kind of see how that landscape is um, changing for sure. Um, so take us back, take us back, way back to the Bay Area where you were growing up. I mean, what were the early days and do you have any early memories of being in the Bay Area, growing up in the Bay Area and then realizing that this was an industry that you wanted to be in? Or did you have aspirations just growing up and seeing your family to kind of go in a different direction or in path? Yeah, so I can tell you that um, my past is not something that I would want anybody to emulate. Mm. You know. I up in Oakland, California. My mom and dad, neither one of them uh, went to college. Uh, my brother did not either, but he did go to the Marine Corps and he's one of the smartest people I know. Uh, and so I, you know, messed around and had some crazy jobs and wasn't focused and didn't graduate till I was 31. Um, and, and that was my path and I wouldn't change anything about it because it did prepare me um, to understand uh, the hustle, the strategy, you know, understanding of uh, the power of people, you know, at my I want to say this because what I learned from Oakland, California, that relationships are important. So I started uh, working in my dad's restaurant at 12 and I would watch him know everybody's name and greet them uh, with an understanding of who they are, what they've been through. He would ask them questions. So I inherently saw that. And I think it prepared me to be like an outstanding uh, salesperson, right? Ex outstanding relationship person, outstanding storyteller. So part of my um, past from the amazing one and only, we call it the town, um, prepared me to, to understand that education is important, but street smarts is too. A little hustle is good and, and watch my dad really have compassion for people in the community and he would give scholarships back. So Oakland taught me a lot and prepared me, but but I can tell anybody listening, if you don't know where you are in your 30, it's okay. If you don't know where you are, like if you don't, if you're in college and you're not sure, it's okay. Because as long as you work hard, meet people, have a fundamental understanding of wanting to grow and learn, you're gonna be good, right? Um, so I, I just want folks to know that I didn't have a traditional upbringing education model, but I turned out all right. Absolutely. More than all right. You know, um, and, you know, we have a, a few more minutes left in the show and I just want to give you your flowers. You know, I think that that's just really it in terms of everything that you have done that you continue to do for so many people. Um, I cannot wait to to be the loud, loud Ghanaian, you know, African in the back of the, the advertising hall of fame one day, uh, cheering you on as you're up there accepting it because you have, you have certainly put in the work in terms yeah. of everything that you have done. And so um, it's going to be a beautiful experience. So for me to you and also our uh, 33,000 listeners that we've grown overnight, it's been a beautiful, uh, we appreciate yeah. you for sure. Yeah. That's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank, love you. thank you. Thank you. Any final words before you get out of here? You know, I would just say this, that nobody can hold any of us down. We hold ourselves down. Um, and we feel like we need certain confines and structures to be successful but people don't they don't get in, they don't get to do that to us they don't get to tell us if we're going to be successful or hold us down or you know quantify our greatness and and it took me you know 57 years to understand that i'm amazing and that i'm talented and that i wasn't compensated for what i was worth and so i have the power to change that outcome 
and anybody that is listening to this that you know find your joy find your place find your passion and don't let anybody don't allow anybody to to keep you from your god-given assignment so that's those are my parting words because i'm living that journey right now i love that thank you so much michelle we really do appreciate you and thank you all so much our listeners at home as always stay safe drink a ton of water and remember that you deserve a dose of black joy and caffeine until next time i am adieu